Hello from gloriously green Smithville, Ohio. My name is Todd Martin, and I'm the pastor at Smithville Mennonite Church. And I think it's great that you have found a little time to spend in God's Word. Let's pray together before we begin. Oh Lord, help us to hear what you have to say through your Word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today's message is titled, The Great Go Mission, Part 3. Now, the other two parts were before this, and if you would like to go check those out, they are available on our YouTube channel and also our podcast that's all on our website, which is smc585.org, or you can always just Google Smithville Mennonite Church and it'll take you right there. So over the last two weeks, I gave you mostly background on how what I call the Great Go Mission was developed with the words of Jesus, and then the giving of the Holy Spirit to his first followers. Now we will see all of that put into practice. The people with the power were ready to go. Again, if all Jesus ever did was talk a good game, we wouldn't know him now. Moreover, if all his disciples ever did was listen attentively to his words, get filled with his Holy Spirit, and then do nothing, the church would have died in one generation. But they did not. And we won't either. If you are seriously going to embrace the point to ponder, and the point to ponder or the sermon in a sentence is what I like to give you right off the bat. Uh, If this is all you get out of today's time, get this. If you want to write it down, I think it'd be great. Your sermon in a sentence is God has a divine appointment for you. God has a divine appointment for you. Then your question to consider is, will you go for it? God has a divine appointment for you, but will you go for it? Will you take the divine appointment? Now I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 8. Verses 26 through 40 is where we're going to be. And don't worry, we're not jumping around. Uh, Just get to Acts chapter 8 and then find verse 26. Now I'm going to read the whole text, but it's wonderful if you have a Bible and you can open it up right now to Acts chapter 8 verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, what I hope you catch from Acts chapter 8 verses 26 through 29 is sometimes God sends us into the desert to bring Jesus. Sometimes God sends us into the desert to bring Jesus. And then I would have you consider the question, 
Why would God send someone there? Why would God send someone into the desert? Now, here's a little bit of backstory. If you look at Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 8, you see that Philip had just spent some time in Samaria having powerful ministry happen. People were healed, demons were ditched, and Jesus was celebrated joyfully. This was a good time and place for Philip. But then he's told to head out to the desert road. Now, I've heard there are two roads to Jerusalem. One that most people took, the other that very few took because it was in the desert. Now, why would God send him from a good place of ministry to the desert? Now, in one of my favorite Chronicles of Narnia book, the book titled A Horse and His Boy, the young boy hero finds that the reward for a hard task well done is a harder task given next. Now, this is very countercultural for our leisure worshiping world, but this is how God rolls. Philip is ready to go into the desert, and so he goes. Now, it's one thing to take a leisurely walk in the desert. It's another to try and catch a chariot. Here we have another global outreach assignment. An Ethiopian brother headed back to Africa. But not just any Ethiopian. A royal official who had a Bible. Now let's be clear. Most people didn't have their own Bibles in the ancient world. Why is that? Well, I personally believe partly it's because there were no Gideons to give out Bibles. But mostly because lots of people couldn't read in the ancient world. And Bibles were actually scrolls and scrolls were very expensive. So to have a rich, smart, powerful man riding in his chariot and God says, go to him. Here is where we must step back and see all the walls of prejudice that were coming down in this divine appointment that highlights global outreach. The Ethiopian was a different ethnicity and likely he was black. Now, it's wild when you go with me to the Holy Land. And by the way, I'm planning a trip in December. If you want to get a hold of me, you'd be welcome to come along. But when we go to the Holy Land, we walk out of this one church, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. That's the church where the tomb of Jesus uh, was. And basically, we, we walk out of that church, go around the corner, and all of a sudden there's this church with these black priests and I mean, they are like African black. Most of the Holy Land is filled with brown people of, of Arabic descent or Jewish descent. But then there's these African people and what's going on? Well, it's the church that traces its lintage all the way back to the Ethiopian eunuch. Okay, so the seed that Philip planted still has a presence in the Holy Land today. Now, he was different. But it didn't matter because the Spirit said go. But then how else was he different? Well, he was also a rich man. Now, many people are prejudiced against rich people. They envy them and view them as corrupt. How could they be better off than me? They must have cheated in some way. This is another prejudice lie from the devil. Rich is relative. Friend, 
there's a good possibility if you're listening to this in the United States of America, you are richer than most people in the world. You just go ahead and look it up. The median global income is $2,000 per year. But we can still see ourselves as poor by comparison to Elon Musk or Bill Gates. I find it fascinating that one of the first global outreaches the church did was to a rich man in a chariot. But guess what? No matter how much money you have, you are still broke without Jesus. Let me just say, the other identified characteristic of this man is that he was a eunuch. Now this could mean something surgical, or it might mean that he just chose to never marry. We don't know which it is, so we'll just leave it at that. Now you can call me if you have any questions. Philip could see most of these uh, elements of this man, and he went to the man because the Holy Spirit said to go. Can I just ask you, to where and who is the Spirit telling you to bring Jesus? Does the where look like a desert to you? You say, why would he send me there? Almost nobody goes there. And he says, exactly. God will say, exactly, that's why I'm sending you. Some of you are waiting for God to send you somewhere new and exciting. And he's saying, hold up, just run over there. Just be faithful in the desert first. You might be thinking, I don't want to go there. Then you see who's there and you say, I really don't want to go to them either. Friend, do you see what the problem is? God is a lot more interested in your pliability than your prejudice. It's time to tear up and throw away your won't go there or talk to them list. Only then are we open to divine appointments that can lead us eventually to global outreach. Did you notice what Philip said to God when God said to go? Go ahead, look in your Bible. What did he say? Nothing. He just went. Delayed obedience is disobedience. If God is telling you to go locally, you better go. And if you do, God will get you a flight somewhere else. He sure did for Philip. And that was even before airplanes were invented. But that's a little bit later. Let's stay in Acts chapter 8, but pick up in verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Verses 30 to 34, what I hope you catch is, Here are all the elements of a divine appointment. And there are three, and they rhyme. Isn't that great? The three elements are location, conversation, and invitation. The three elements of a divine appointment, which are right here, are 
location, conversation, and invitation. Then I'm just going to ask you, when is your next divine appointment? When is your next divine appointment coming? And are you ready for it? When's your next divine appointment? Where did Philip go? He ran up to this rich black man in his chariot. Probably not Philip's comfort zone. I envisioned the chariot was moving along and he ran alongside. This would have been, at best, humbling. At worst, dangerous. But that was the location, and it led to a conversation. Then he initiated a conversation on the run. He asked a simple question based on what he is seeing and hearing. It was a gutsy move to ask an obviously more powerful man if he understands something. I would imagine that man could have said to his driver, Oh yes, I understand. Let's run over this little man, shall we? But he didn't do that. This was a divine appointment on location with a conversation that led to an invitation. Philip got up into the chariot and the man invited him to help him understand. Here is how the go mission gets accomplished. The gospel should not be a hard sell. No one wants Jesus or anything else shoved up their noses. I believe one of the best indicators of the Spirit working is the invitation to tell the story to open hearts and ears. Is there a divine appointment waiting to happen for you? I certainly hope so. Because here's what you do next. When that divine appointment happens, all we have to do is look in our Bibles to Acts chapter 8, verse 35, and we'll see what to do next. Follow along with me. Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Now finally, for verses 35 through 40, what I hope you grasp is that in the divine appointment, be ready with three things. Your Bible, your baptismal, and be ready to bolt. In other, word, in other words, be ready to go. But you need your Bible, you need your baptismal, and you need to be ready to bolt. Are you ready? That's the question. Here again, we have all the elements of the Go mission coming into play powerfully. As stated, the eunuch was open. He was already a man of faith as he was a Jew, but he didn't have faith in Jesus just yet. Friends, I've been amazed at how many people, especially those with some faith background, are open to hearing about Jesus and the church. In fact, I dare say some are waiting to hear, maybe from you. This man knew about God, but he didn't know him. 
He had read the Bible, but he didn't know the author or understand it. He was headed back to work, but his heart was being stirred. This is where so many in our country are right now. Most Americans still believe there is a God out there somewhere, but they don't know him. Do you? Most Americans have a Bible. I think the average is like three Bibles per household, but they don't understand it. Do you? Now, lots of people are riding around in their chariots just wondering, what does all this mean? What does this God stuff mean? What does this Bible stuff mean? And friend, I want you to know at Smithville Mennonite, come the month of May, we're going to have a Sunday school class on evangelism that it, we're going to be studying the book, uh, Walk Across the Room. That is still the best book on outreach and evangelism that I have ever read. And I want you to know, if you're listening right now, I'd love you to grab a copy of that book. Come and join us for that Sunday school class at Smithville Mennonite. Now back to the sermon. This is where Philip basically just fills in the blanks. Okay, He knew his Bible and he uses it to tell the good news of Jesus. Now, the Ethiopian was already halfway there. I have little doubt Philip may have finished up with Matthew 28, 19 and 20, which you know talks about baptism and the next step was supernaturally supplied. <laughs> Remember in the text it says, all of a sudden he looks over and there's a pond, a baptismal. Now remember, they were in the desert. So he got baptized. Then Philip had to bolt. He had a flight to catch, or more accurately, was caught up in a flight. Now, we don't know the details, but God flew him miles away. Now, people flying in the Bible are not, uh, are uncommon, I should say, but not unheard of. Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 3, flew. Elijah, you may remember, in 2 Kings 2.11, flew. The Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians 12.2, flew and then we know Jesus himself in Acts chapter 1 verse 9 at the ascension flew as well and here's the great part well unless you're afraid of heights in which case you'll just need to keep your eyes closed but if you believe in Jesus when the trumpet sounds and time comes to an end we will all fly too and you just need to look that up in 1 Thessalonians 4:17 it talks about it the global mission continued, first on a local basis. So let me challenge you one more time. Is God sending you into your local desert? Will you go? There are many divine appointments waiting there for you, perhaps even a global connection right next door. Will you run over and see? Then you just might get into a conversation to give an invitation and further the mission, first locally then globally, maybe at the same time. Then you might just fly away. But if you do, it's because God knows you're ready to go. If you've been faithful at home, you'll be faithful away. Either way, I hope you don't miss your next divine appointment even today. Let us pray. Oh Lord, I thank you that perhaps someone right now is listening and experiencing a divine appointment 
even with this radio broadcast. Lord, I pray that through the preaching of your word, people would have heard the good news of Jesus and maybe even accepted you into their heart today. Lord, if they did, I pray that they would find a church that has a baptismal or just find somebody who can get them baptized and that they can uh, join into the fellowship and be a part of your body. Lord, thank you for the way you began global outreach so long ago and that it continues today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, again, thanks for listening. And if you have a need that we as a church can help with, don't hesitate to reach out to me, Todd Martin, at our Smithville Mennonite Church office. We'll be glad to send you a Bible or pray with you. Now, like last week, I need to let you know that we will be pausing our radio broadcasts for the month of May, June, and July, as I will be on sabbatical. Now, if these messages have been meaningful and you would like us to continue in August, please let us know and it will help us discern whether we continue this outreach. Now I'm going to leave you with a wonderful song that reminds me of Philip flying away. But this song is talking about flying away to heaven, and it's by one of my favorite artists named David Crowder. I hope you enjoy this live rendition of the old song, I'll Fly Away. God bless you, and amen. Um, well, I have to ask, ask permission on this next time, but would it be okay? I know it's early in the morning, you know, I, you know it's early in the morning, uh, but would it be acceptable if here amongst ourselves, if we broke into something we'd like to refer to uh, as a hoedown, would that be acceptable this early time? Now listen, listen here. That foot's got to start stomping and hands got to be clapping. It's going to encourage us all and get us all along the road a little bit further. This little song... I saw the light by Hank Lee and Cena. They gotta get a little rowdy in this one.
Sing it. 